gotta just really work it, man. You gotta realize it's kind of a hard game because you're competing with a bunch of other people that get the same leads, so you're not in control of the leads necessarily. But if you are really on top of it, if you've got someone like watching the leads coming in, like if you're really responsive, you'll get a lot of those jobs and it's a good way to go. However, you're still gonna pay a little bit more than if you just take control of it and actually set up your own marketing ads, like your own Facebook ads, your own Google ads, your own next door stuff, stuff where you're owning the leads and the traffic as opposed to farming it out from a big farm that everyone else is farming from the same batch, basically, you know, like Home Advisor and Thumbtack. Those, they're good, but they're not the best. Grow your cleaning business, make more money, have more time. This is the Profit Cleaners Podcast with your host, Brandon Condry and Brandon Shane. All right, everybody, we are getting started. We're going to do a quick coaching call today. Thanks, guys, for joining. Sean, we've got some other people hopefully hopping on, but if not, might even get some more private coaching, some more one on one stuff. So that's exciting. So, yeah, we're going to get this thing going. I'm getting Brandon on here so we can get the questions going. If you do have questions, make sure you get those ready. Sean and everybody who's on the call today. Hey, Sean, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you guys doing today? We're doing awesome. Awesome, man. Tell us a little bit about your business. I've seen you in the group, man. Thank you for joining us. And yeah, tell us a little bit about you and just what we can do to help you. You know, what you are and anything we can talk about. So yeah, so I started listening to you guys' podcast kind of, I think right when you guys first started really launching these a couple months back here. I'm based in uh, Michigan. It's actually me and my two brothers. We started our cleaning business really at end of May at our first clients here at the beginning of June. Name of companies, Revitalize Cleansing Services. Awesome. So yeah, we're really just hitting the ground running here and we've actually grown faster than what we even expected. So this is obviously a great thing. We've had, obviously had some challenges in that. So that's kind of the reason why we started listening to your podcast and other podcasts in the industry and really sat into one of your groups here about a month and a half back and decided to really kind of take the leap and join the masterclass there. So just had some questions for you, just to kind of understand like how you guys really kind of got started. Some of the things that we're maybe having some issues with is to see if we could be able to pick your guys' brain and able to gain some insight. Yeah, absolutely, man. So revitalize, you said revitalize cleaning services is the name? Yeah, revitalize cleansing services, oh, but cleansing we services. also own the cleaning services as well. So we have it as a DBA cleaning services because we know people sometimes mess it up as a cleaning versus cleansing. But yeah. when we did it, yeah. we wanted to try to have something that was like a little bit different. So we, you chose the word cleansing. Awesome. Yeah, man. I love it. I, lo- I love the whole feel of it. Like revitalize is a great word. So awesome, man. I just pulled up your website. It looks really clean and really well put together. Cool, cool. So you guys just started in, you said May? Yeah. So really like our first clients that we got were over Memorial Day weekend. So yeah, we've been in business just about five months here now. Wow, man. So you guys started like right in the midst of the chaos. <laughs> yeah. So we were actually talking about kind of getting into business before COVID hit. And it was just something that we'd been talking about. And then as soon as it hit, we were like, well, we think we really need to make this happen. Plus it also came out of necessity because all of us have full-time jobs, but during the height of it, each of us at some point were furloughed or let go of our jobs for a period of time during that. So we're like, well, we need something for stability. We didn't know if we we're going to be able to get our jobs back. And then you just wanted to be able to really build something for ourselves and our family and for our future. So we really right. kind of got into the business. So you guys weren't, were you doing cleaning before or you had other jobs? Like? So we have other jobs and actually we're still, all three of us still have oh. our full-time jobs as well oh, wow. right now. Oh, wow. Okay. So you kind of running this in the background until it, are you planning on going full-time with it or? So we like to actually, what we've actually added on here recently is actually we brought in my wife as a full-time employee to really run the operations, the day-to-day operations. So oh. we're not being like taken away from 
our current jobs or not being able to answer the phones for this because we're doing something else with our day-to-day jobs. So cool. Right on. That's awesome. So you got your first full-time hires going. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so we've got first full-time hires and then we've got quite a few part-timers on there as well. Okay. So you got part-time cleaners. How's that working out? Like, are you having any issues with people showing up or not being full-time if they're not full-time yet? Or So I'd say the, the issue is just really getting people just in general. It's been a challenge. We've been posting in a variety of different places and it's been a really big challenge. And it's been surprising to me because my background for the past 10 years has actually been in recruitment and staffing, but it's like, wow. this is still, it's one of the hardest that I've actually positions I've had to fill because a lot of the roles I've filled have been more senior level positions and trying to go to these hourly roles. It's just been difficult to get people to show up for the interviews or if they show up for the interviews, again, then they actually show up for their first day. But I said the group of part-timers that we have right now have worked out pretty well. And most of those have just come from referrals. Okay. Interesting. Okay. So that's really interesting, man. Like that's proving, you know, you can start this business kind of as a side hustle while you got other stuff going, which is really cool. I think for a lot of people to see that. What are some of your like biggest challenges right now that we can help you with or things we can help you overcome? Maybe if we can shed some light on that. So as I said, one of the big things is really just finding, like I said, employees that want to work because we still need some more individuals because we're at the point right now where we can't really bring on somebody full-time just yet. Another person full-time, but we do need a couple of part-time people to be able to support the additional work that we have coming in until we can maybe grow one of them into a full-time position. So it's just really been, I'd say, a challenge of getting those individuals. What's the compensation look like for the people, for the part-timers? Like, what are you hiring at for starting wages? So for our wages, we are starting anywhere between 12 to about 14 an hour for our part-time individuals. What's the minimum wage in your city or county? In our state, it's it's either been seven to nine dollars. Honestly, I can't remember, but we're definitely above the the minimum wage. So that's good. Why do you think it's not working out, given your recruiting background? I, I would say, really, I feel like just as a lot of people that will say they're going to show up for the interviews, we get them scheduled. We have basically interview days that we do essentially every Tuesday and Friday, where we have postings on Indeed, Facebook. So we reach out to these people and they'll schedule on can on using a Calendly. So we use that, they'll schedule and we have them schedule every 15 minutes. So they'll go on their schedule, say they're going to show up. We'll give them text reminder invites. But then I'd say there's been a day we had 12 interviews and only two people showed up. So I think we're just getting people to show up to the interviews has been our biggest concern. And I'm not certain if it's just, I know a lot of people in our area are struggling to hire across all industries. So I'm not sure if it's part of COVID and people not wanting to work or what it could really be in this sector that's really kind of in this I'd say 10 to $15 an hour pay range for these type of roles. It just seems like a lot of people across our community are struggling to hire in all industries. So we definitely have the same issues. We post jobs, we get people that will book interview times just like you do. We've done that during COVID as well as they have to book a time on Calendly. And then there's like a 10 to 15% show up rate. I mean, the one thing that I would say, like in any sort of challenge like that if you can throw more money at it that's what i would suggest is probably what's lacking so if you hunt around on indeed and stuff for other service type jobs and see what you're paying like maybe they're all going to hotel housekeeping or there's other things that might be hiring like i don't know you said you're outside of detroit right is manufacturing still going big up there so manufacturing big i said I, probably one of the biggest things that might be a detractor for us is Amazon has like three centers that they've just opened up here in the Detroit area. And they're, they're advertising like crazy. They're sending out flyers. I've gotten text messages from them telling me, it's like, hey, are you interested in working? I go to the gas pump. They're advertising on their gas pumps. 
about their job opportunities. Do you know how much their opening offer is for like where? 15 an hour. Okay. So if you know that you're competing against Amazon, when you post some job ads, you probably want to be a bit vague about it because Amazon may actually call you out because they're that type of company. But the working conditions at Amazon, as far as I know, are not very good. Um, They... The climate controls an issue in those big warehouses. You have to haul ass the whole time. Like you got to package a box every like 16 seconds or something crazy like that. So you could pitch yourself as a more relaxed environment and sort of working conditions than a large warehouse. We're going to be in that same boat. Amazon's building right now in our town, like a 2 million square foot building. I think it's going to be the biggest building in the state when it's done. So we'll be right there with you sooner than later. Yeah. So one thing that we're even trying to do in our ads is kind of put it as like, you know, we treat you as more than just an employee. We talk about giving additional bonuses and things on those lines. And then when people do come in the interview, we let them know it's like, we're pretty laid back bosses. We're not going to be mean bosses going to be sitting there yelling at you what to do or things like that. Two things that we really ask for is just being open communication and being, you know, honest with us and upfront if the situation works where you can't come in or if the schedule doesn't work, letting us know ahead of time instead of just doing a no-show or not showing up for the work. So we try to communicate I mean, that to people. Yeah, all that sounds super reasonable. The only thing that I can think, if you're already kind of addressing, I would say specifically pitch it against a warehouse job in the job ad, if you're not mentioned that already. Like if you think it's going to Amazon, specifically mention the warehouse. The only other thing that I think might be holding you back is that it's part-time. Where's the disconnect between part-time and your end and being able to like put people in there for cleaning full-time? The thing is, is really also really being able to have a, like a steady straight eight hour shift. Just so you know, we do residential as well as commercial. We really started off really focusing on just commercial and really yeah. picked up the residential piece because people just started reaching out to us just via Yelp and things like that without us even really doing any advertisement at first on there. So at first we even turned down our first like two residential. So like we really want commercial and then more stuff started coming in and we're like, well, we don't want to turn down money. So we really right. started focusing in like, yeah, we should probably do both. But we have commercial clients like we've actually lot we have a school that we clean, we have a couple of offices that we clean, we have do- doctors offices, things like that. But they range from needing to be done in evening time, things on those lines. So being able to say we're gonna have a straight eight hour shift for somebody can be a challenge just because also our residential is kind of hit or miss. We've got some days where weeks where we've got a ton of residential booked up and then we have some weeks where we don't have really much going on on the residential side. So here's the thing. So you are like in the growing pains part of this. And so what I would suggest is that you need to try and fill the schedule. Like that's kind of a no brainer. So like the course that you're taking with us will kind of help you do that in terms of like getting more people in there. But what we did in the beginning when we had people that were full time, but we didn't have a lot of time to fill we would have them do advertising for us like with door hangers in between jobs. So like if you have the revenue to pay those people in between the gigs, like you could just focus on door hanging, which I don't know how, you know, that's going to work in commercial side of stuff if that's like your focus, but it is effective on the residential side. So that's an option. But like, these are good problems to have. Like you're getting business, you're just right at this like tipping point. And with the hiring, it's usually just like throwing more money at it. Like you might be able to find someone who is, what's the school situation like right now with COVID where you're at? So some of the schools are in session. Like for example, one of the schools that we clean, they're currently in session, you know, five days a week. Some of them are kind of like two days in school, three days off. And then there's a couple that are kind of remote. So it's really kind of up to the individual like school district on how they want to operate. Mm -hmm. 
So what you could pitch it at in the ad for the employee is that if you have a kid that's on this weird schooling schedule, we can work with you to try and get you in there when the kid is actually in school. We can try and get you working on those off days. And then the promise would be that as you grow with us while we're part-time and sorting this out, once schools go back to normal, which is hopefully like sometime next year, that we can just slot you into the full-time spot if you're still into it. So, I mean, it is kind of surprising to me that you're having a problem with part-time workers because there's a sort of feeling around the industry that that's desirable right now because of people having to homeschool kids or schools are only online and you might be able to just work, you know, from like 2 p.m. to 10 p.m. or something like that with the commercial. So, yeah, man, you're, it's tricky. So, like, you're, it's like right there, I feel like it's so close. It's a combination of scheduling getting more people on the revenue docket so that you can do that and then it's also trying to find the right people between a combination of pitching yourself as not amazon but also that maybe there's some bonus structure that you can throw in there like i don't know like we'll give you a 100 bucks on your first paycheck if you complete your first week or even little bonuses like that like we'll get you 20 dollars if you complete your first day like if those are kind of the challenges I'm gonna, I was just going to jump in here real quick, Sean. I'm going to put in the chat here our employment link, which you might have already seen before, but that's what we use when we do hire people on Craigslist to Facebook to we just started testing out the big job post site that posts everything. I'm, I'm, I'll think of it here in a second. ZipRecruiter. Uh, we started testing that more, which gives you a lot more exposure potentially. You might want to try that. However, it's a little pricier than we'd like. So really... I'll tell you how we started, man, which was we straight up just posted that kind of a link, which has those questions. You want to kind of like qualify the people. Maybe that's what you're not doing on the front end is really qualifying them really well. Because when you get the right people filling out the form, like the questions that we ask on the form, we have them in Spanish and in English. That's going to qualify them. That's already going to put them in that mindset of like the kind of quality people that you want to be attracting. So check out those questions and maybe add some of those if you're not adding them. And the other thing I thought of when you're talking is just We've never started with a you know a part-time team ever. Like we've never started like that. With even from day one, we were like we hired three full-time people. Um, and although it was a little crazy in the beginning, there was quite a bit of grinding going on because we had to in the same boat you're in, where you're like, well, we don't have a full schedule yet, but we have a full team. And so I feel like right there, you might be you might be able to eliminate that problem if you're attracting number one, you're qualifying the employees and the people that you're the leads that are coming in. Number two, if you're hiring full-time people, because already that might be a different mindset. Like the part-time people might be like kind of halfway already because they're just, I just want to be part-time versus the full-time. You're attracting a much more qualified, higher level person that wants to be there full-time. Obviously the challenge is you have to fill those people, fill the team so they have something to do. So what we did in the beginning, because we didn't have a full schedule right away either. So what we did is we said, hey, we're going to let you know this up front. We were completely transparent with them. We said, we're going to hire you full time. However, you got to know like the first month it might be, or it might be the first couple months. Like you just got to be flexible with us and know that it's probably going to start part-time, but it's going to move to full-time as fast as possible. And if you can kind of offset that with some promotions or some marketing or some review pushes or some things that really start beefing up your presence online or do some special door hangers or things like, like Brandon said, we would actually fill their time with marketing so if they did two houses that day and that's all they had, they would spend the last two or three hours of the day driving around sp specific neighborhoods and putting door hangers up on uh, things like that. And you can get creative to fill their time and just like, you know, another part of the business that that can they can help 
put some time into to add some value. And that's an idea too. But I really think that might be the biggest thing, man, is just in my perspective, starting with the part-timers right away is a challenge. If there's any way you can, you can attract higher quality people full-time and just tell them the caveat up front is, Hey, well, the goal is you're going to get full-time as fast as possible with a little bit of flexibility on the front end to get there. Here's some things we're doing to do the marketing and push that. That's what I would say, man. But if you want to keep pushing the part-time route, I just feel like it's a, I don't know, just like if you go all in right away with the full-time people, even though it feels scary, the truth is, man, like they're going to be a full-time, but if, as long as you explain them, like some days you're not going to have all your jobs, you know, like you're not going to have an eight hour day, like immediately they're going to appreciate you being up front with them. And they're going to hopefully be the type of people that are be willing to grow with you, especially if you can show them like, here's where we're going and here's where the pay is going or the bone, you know, that's what we did with our people in the beginning. We still have like literally one of our very first employees three years later, she's still with us. Quite a few of them actually, but one of the very first teams we hired full-time. And I remember a lot of days, man, there was like, there was a lot of days they didn't have full-time cleans. You know, it was just kind of flexible in the beginning. So those would be my thoughts initially to help you there. I don't know if that helps. Yeah, I definitely I think that does. I'm being able to have them maybe do some, you know, marketing for us in the downtime. I just you know, our biggest concern is just like, make sure we have the business and be able to be able to pay them. But I like what you said of getting them started off with part-time for the first maybe month or two and just obviously being upfront with them about that and then being able to mm-hmm. grow them into full-time role. Yeah. But I would position it as this is full-time. We're a startup. So you might start out with like the first month or so part-time, but just like I would position it as full-time because right away in somebody's mind, like that's going to attract the potentially more long-term employees and the people that are going to show up when you want them to show up and are going to be all in with you is kind of what I'm thinking. That's my main point I would make there. And then it sounds like you're doing everything else, right? Like posting in a, lot, in a lot of the right places, but it's true, man. Hiring is a hard thing because it's hard to find quality people. So there's that saying, you know, hire slow, fire fast. So I think just just keep tweaking your systems and maybe use some of the input questions we have, keep testing it and just Another thing we do is we have those follow-ups on Calendly. So when they they sign up to our thing here on the website, they sign up for a time on Calendly. And then we set those reminders in Calendly because you can set like reminders for text messages, for emails, things like that. You might even send them a quick... And it'd be very beginning before we even had that. We would just text message them like the day before and the day of like reminders to show up, things like that. One other quick test I thought of that our mentor taught us, our mentor Corby, when they do their hiring to kind of eliminate those problem employees in the beginning is you kind of put them through a test like the very first day. So they fill out an application. Great. You're interested in the job. Cool. Normally they're coming in to do that. Maybe now it's online more, but you tell them that same day to come in like that afternoon say, Hey, can you come back later today at two o'clock, three o'clock and just see how they react. A lot of times these people are going to have kids and families and things, right? But if they can make that change on the fly really quickly, you kind of see, well, did they even come back that same day? Number one, if they did, that proves to you that they're able to change their life around really quick last minute and make accommodations to show up for the job, right? And then it also shows you some other things like, do they even have a car? Is somebody else dropping them off? Like how reliable, how accountable are they? Things like that. So you can kind of tell a lot right away from those initial questions. And if they're really good, have them come back that same day to do something else or to fill out something else. Like, their I-9s or whatever the other forms might be like a second interview almost that same day or really soon after. So you can see how they react and how they can manage their time basically. So just another tip there might help. you. I like that. that Yeah. What else, man? I mean, is there anything else like that's bogging you down or challenging you? I know there's a lot of things 
going on running the business, but yeah. So big thing is, is you just kind of continue to get recurring clients, especially on the residential side, to be able to fill some of those gaps in this, in during the daytime specifically because is that most of our commercial cleanings are in the evenings. So I know, like I said, looking at your masterclass here, I'm looking at some of those things, but just trying to really figure out Facebook advertisement, some of these Google ads. I just got signed up for a Nextdoor account this morning. So I'm going to try cool. to get in there as well, but just trying to you know look at how to get some uh, of those recurring clients because like a lot of the things that we've had so far from our residential sites have been you know move out cleanings some moving cleanings which one thing we are looking to do is just follow up with those individuals that we've done moving cleans with to see if we can get them to sign up for our service on a recurring basis but just trying to look up ways just to be able to attract more customers yeah and those recurring customers is the bread and butter like so like what we found is the move-ins, the one times they're great, especially in the beginning, or even now it's nice to fill in the schedule if we have gaps in the schedule. But how do you focus on getting those recurring ones, which I think it's more more than anything, it's just focus on who's your ideal customer, like who's going to want those recurring cleans. Like for us, it's usually the really busy families with kids and pets and they have jobs and they're super busy. They need that frequency because they just don't have time and they want to be with their family and doing other stuff. So hone in on who that customer is, right? And then once you know that, put that in your marketing messaging, like in your Facebook ads and your Google ads, like present it as um, like any offers that you do, phrase it as 50% off your first recurring clean, you know, like things like that, that kind of already get people in the mindset of, oh, oh, this is recurring. Like, and then you'll just attract those people because you're putting it out there in your messaging and those people will resonate with that. And they'll see that, you know, the other thing is, man, like even if you're just doing one times, even just to get the brand out there and, and get the recognition and get some momentum, like you said, following up with those ones too is really important because or having some type of like referral program is good. Like we do, if you tell a friend, you get a free clean. So you can start building it organically, things like that. But really, if you can get them in there get them in the door, if you have to do a promotion to maybe you lose a little money on the front end, if you've seen that in the webinar and stuff, we talk about that. But the idea is just impress them, go the extra mile. And hopefully that's what most people we realize is like, they'll get the service and they might even have told us they only want it one time. They're kind of on the fence, but we just do everything we can to make sure the service was really good. Customer experience is really good. Clean was really good, obviously. And it's that kind of thing where people kind of get stuck in in this habit. They're like, oh, I don't want to quit now. It's It was really nice and really good. So if you can work on like just creating that experience for them where it's really, really positive you know, just like if you have your systems in place, you have your communication in place, like things that make it feel like a great experience, those people will come back. And then obviously, like I said, if you just try to hone in on who your target market is, speak to those people and put that in your messaging, like this is a deal for a recurring clean, this much percent off or this, like those things get people's attention. And if, if you're brand new, it definitely helps get their foot in the door, things like that. So. Okay. Okay. And then, I mean, do you guys do anything with a commercial side? Because it feels like I mainly hear you talk about the residential. So I'm just curious, do you guys, are you involved at all in the commercial side of the cleaning business? We do very little. We do office spaces right now. We clean offices and things like that during the day, during business hours. We've thought a lot about doing commercial. We still might at some point, but it's just been like, we're just focused really heavily on the residential side right now. And the reason being is because you know, if you spread your focus too much, you get spread thin. It's a lot more to manage. We only wanted to be working during the day, you know, like, cause we got families and kids and stuff at night. So especially in the beginning, we didn't want to be, you know, up at all hours, answering phone calls and doing commercial stuff, which is mostly at night. It sounds like, right. So we might do that at some point when we have someone who could go full time with that and manage it for us. But right now, yeah, we're just focused on residential, little tiny bit of office commercial, but that's our bread and butter right there is the residential. So 
Yeah. Right. Not a bad thing to be in, man. Like if you can find a way to make it work for you, it's a great way to scale, especially like right now, there's a lot of opportunities for commercial. So I wouldn't say go away from it, but I would just say like really figure out who you want to serve. Do you want to serve businesses and commercial or do you want to serve normal people and customers in their houses? And I would focus more on one maybe than the other if possible. But if you want to kind of, if you have the capability to do both and you're like, no, this is how we want to do it. And it fills up like you're, you're filling up your revenue better that way. That's fine too. I would just say the way we did it, it was a little bit more focused on just residential. So can you meet your thing really quick? I'll jump in there. Yeah. Um, one other thing on the commercial, like we know a couple of commercial cleaners in town and when COVID hit, there was a lot of need for the disinfecting. And I see that prominently on your website with the electrostatic sprayers and stuff. And so given the pandemic nature of it, there's a lot of flexibility in the commercial side right now to have that stuff done during the daytime. Maybe not like the full clean where we're going to wax the floors and all this stuff. But like one of the guys who has a commercial cleaning business in the neighborhood said he got a couple of retail establishments that wanted it to be sanitized three times a day. So they were coming by in the morning, the middle of the day, and that close of business with those electrostatic sprayers and just hitting like light switches and doorknobs and bathrooms and high touch surfaces. So on the commercial side, you may be able to kind of focus more in on that, like the things that can be done during the daytime. I also think that would kind of impact your hiring too, because you tend to get a different kind of applicant for overnight work versus we call it banker's hours, but you know, like we're an eight to five sort of operation. So if you can, you know, try and do a little bit of brainstorming on what type of business would be able to have it during the day, like schools, probably not, but small retail, maybe even grocery stores, the type of high foot traffic places where they want it to be cleaned on a more frequent basis is something I would look at as well. Well, yeah, I appreciate that. So that's actually very valuable. I'm definitely going to take a look at that because, yeah, most of our stuff is in the evening. Like I said, we've got a schools, we've got a couple of, we have a doctor's office and a couple of other offices that we kind of all clean in the evening. There's only maybe, I think, two of them that we actually clean in the day. Yeah. And so like, even on like, let's say you got a new commercial customer that wanted the standard sort of overnight thing. You can try and even incentivize that customer to take it during the day. So like, okay, if you want us to do it at night, the rate's going to be this, but if there is a way that we can come in during the day, like we'll lower the rate because we're trying to get more work through the daytime for hiring difficulties and see, you know, what people jump at it. Like, I know that we had for a while cleaned a dentist's office and we did that in the middle of the day. And they just had, there was one particular day that they had a, a no appointment scheduled. It was like admin catch up for everybody. And we would come in during that time when it was just staff. So other places like that may have that option as well. It just doesn't hurt to ask, that's all, and try and pivot it to that. Like Brandon said, like the reason that we started residential is that we just didn't want to be dealing with, you know, I forgot my vacuum or something like at three o'clock in the morning. So that's kind of why we did it that way. So anything else, man? Is there, what else can we help you out with? Is there, I mean, that sounds like some pretty big challenges there, but I definitely think those are achievable to overcome that. Put some new systems in place and, you know, things like that for the hiring and anything else challenging right now or that we could help you with yeah so there's a, there's a couple other questions one of the things that we're really starting to look at here now and we're trying to figure out how to go about doing this and figure this would be a good question for you guys is vehicles how do you guys start about going out and getting vehicles because right now we just have everybody driving their own you know personal car to you know, a customer site so we definitely want to look at you know investing in vehicles so we're just trying to see like how do you guys go about doing that? What step did you guys take? So what we did in the beginning was we made a huge mistake. We bought a car cash, which really screwed up our cash flow to do it that way. So don't do that. The, where we buy our cars right now 
is from Hertz rental car sales. And so if you find a Hertz, Enterprise does it. All those big rental car companies always sell those vehicles off. And right now is actually prime time to buy used rental cars because nobody's renting cars because nobody's flying. And so they're getting rid of some of that stuff on the cheap. So I set up, I have a guy at the local Hertz and when we need one, I just text him. We buy all the same cars. So we buy Nissan Versus, their four-door hatchbacks that fit our three cleaning people and all the equipment in it. Depending on how much stuff you have going on on the equipment side, most commercial tends to leave things there. Like, especially if it's big contracts, like you'll leave a, a buffing machine like on site. But if it's just like a cleaning crew showing up with a mop bucket and a vacuum, like any small vehicle will do it. So we chose a Nissan Versa. We're looking at cars that are... They have 30,000 miles. They're like two years old and they cost like 10 grand. And so we have a relationship with the Hertz people and that and the finance company that they go through. And so we're able to put zero down on those. And the monthly payment on those cars is like between like 200 and $250. So that's what we recommend for cars for sure. That's that's excellent information. Definitely took a look at that because I didn't think about looking at the, the rental car companies, but that could be a great avenue. We've got quite a few of them around here. Yeah. And then Hertz in particular does commercial stuff too. So like, I mean, commercial rentals. So like if you want, like the ones that we looked at for a while are the Ford Transit Connect. They're like these tiny little white vans that you can't quite stand up in the back, but they'll carry a bunch of stuff. And so Hertz is the one of the only ones I know of that does commercial rentals like that. So they're also one of the only ones that sells them. Okay. Because yeah, those were one of the things that we were looking at is like the transit vans for maybe some of our commercial sites that we do need to bring stuff on. Most of our commercial sites, we just leave the equipment there. For the most part, we just have it so that we don't have to worry about transporting back and forth every day, especially big items. But we were thinking about maybe having one of those transits and then maybe like said, something similar to the Nissan Versa for the, the rest of our cleans that are residential that just need a vacuum and a mop bucket and then the rest of the supplies that could easily fit in there. Totally. The other thing you can look at is U-Haul trailers. Like the U-Haul will sell those off from time to time too. And you can fill that with all the equipment and hook that up to whatever. If it's light, you can get a U-Haul trailer attached to a Nissan Versa too and maybe simplify your fleet. Another thing, Sean, I was going to say, I was just looking. I don't think it's out yet, but we have a podcast. I think it's coming out this week or next week. All about that. 20 or 30 minutes of us just talking about company cars and how we did it and what we're doing and what worked and what didn't. And but yeah, you got like a little high level version of that. But yeah, just keep your eye out for the next, I think it's the next podcast or two. We're talking about exactly what you're asking right there. So next question has to do with more like, you know, systems and pricing. So when it's kind of going to deal with like, what systems are you guys using for quoting? And then like, how are you doing your pricing? Are you doing it by hour? Are you doing it by job? I just want to kind of get an idea of that because we've gone back and forth between a couple of different systems trying to figure out what we want to use the best, tried out several different ones. And we're still trying to get some things figured out from that perspective of what could be the best systems out there. Sure. So there's a bunch of different ways to do that, obviously. Because we're residential, we were able to just kind of hone in an algorithm where it just does it. It's a flat fee based on square footage. There's a minimum to get us to the door. And that was a lot of trial and error. So what I would do is call some competitors that are local and come up with a hypothetical house. Like I have a two-bedroom, 1,300-square-foot house. Would you charge me to clean it? And just try and figure out what they're doing. So that'll give you some pricing info. On the commercial side, we are not very well versed at that. So like, because we're only taking on small office space, we're just treating it like a house. So we're still using the same pricing algorithm based on flat fees for square footage. But we're not taking on like 
warehouses that require those write-on buffing machines or like hospitals or anything complicated. So we are literally taking on, it's usually a small kitchen area, a couple bathrooms and desks. And so that is basically just a house full of offices instead of bedrooms. And so we just keep the price in the same for that. Interesting. And that's what, just, you know, we did that, we did call around to our competitors and we, we are flat fee base for our residential as well so we kind of just base it off of kind of the square footage and if it's going to be a standard clean you know a deep cleaner move out clean and so we did do some of that pricing but i figured i just wanted to kind of ask you guys and as far as what you're doing just to kind of get an idea so i mean i mean it sounds like you got a handle on it the commercial stuff i just we're not very well versed in it but the residential side like that's really all we do it's just flat fee based on square footage if someone is really picky about something like i only want you to do the kitchen and this hallway and like vacuum my sofa we'll just throw out an hourly rate. And so we just reverse engineer that. So like, for instance, we have three people, we're shooting for an hourly rate of $90. We have competitors in town that have hourly rates like of 112, 150. And we just tell them like, yeah, if you want it to be super weird about this, then we'll do an hourly charge of just do whatever it costs, but it's gonna be a minimum. So like what I don't wanna do is send three people out there it took half an hour and we charged them 45 bucks. I wanted to tell them like, we'll do hourly if you want, but the minimum is 115 for us to just show up. Perfect. And then what systems are you guys using to have like people, uh, like, you know, be able to submit requests and quotes? Cause like on the back end, we're using Jobber right now. And before we're tying in something called response a bit to it, where people could get pricing right away on a website, but we actually just kind of pulled away from that because we felt like other people were just kind of getting the pricing and then maybe taking that price shopping versus us being able to actually talk to them and be able to sell them on our services and what's really included in that. So I did the sales full-time um, for a long time. And that's what I did when we started the company was I did the sales. And so the way that we did it was we do have a CRM that's kind of like your jobber. It's called Service Fusion, and it does have a quoting option. But what we do instead is we do it all on Calendly. So like they book a call, which we do over Zoom with us, and we kind of have a pitch that we give to them. Like, this is what we do and how we do it. And we give them the pricing at the end. We don't want to give them pricing up front because they're going to compare it mentally to like, my neighbor's got a housekeeper that charges $40 and you guys are 150 But by just giving them flat pricing using that chatbot, it doesn't give them the real feel for like what we're going to do because we do way more than a housekeeper. So I would definitely suggest trying to get it dialed in for talking to them on the phone versus just emailing stuff. Emailing stuff is easy, but they're not really going to get the feel for what you do unless you talk to them on the phone. Yeah, and just add that from the, the pricing, like Brandon said, yeah, you got to build the value in that presentation you're going to have way better results if you tell them the price at the end, after you tell them all the stuff you do, all the extra, you know, all the value, because you don't want to compete on price. That's a race to the bottom. Everyone loses. You want to build value and say, well, we do this and we do this and we can actually help you out do and do that. You know, so that's the pricing thing. Call your local competitors, like see what everyone's call the franchises, see what their price ranges are and what they're doing it on. And I would say to start, be competitive. But once you build your brand and you're more recognized, you can increase those prices. We're doing price increases like every other year now. The other thing is the software. Brandon did a ton of research on the software. We both did, but he did primarily of all the research. And we looked at Jobber. We looked at service, this and that, a ton of different softwares. There's a lot of good ones out there, but there's a lot of limitations and problems. We settled on, I wouldn't even say settled. We actually picked Service Fusion. That's the software we're going with. We started out with Service Autopilot, which had a lot of limitations. So Service Fusion, man, check it out. We're going to do a whole podcast about that soon too. But that one has really been a big, big one for us because the scheduling is amazing. The has all kinds of cool 
text reminders and follow-up stuff that you can help to remind customers and keep people in line. You know, there's a lot of cool stuff. So set up a demo with with those. And then I would just recommend set up demos with, you've already done, you got Jobber, it looks like on your website, but just, you know, set up five or 10 demos with different companies, tell them what you're doing and walk through them all, see how you like the look and feel of it. Just for us, Service Fusion was a winner because it had everything we needed and then some, and they're just, they're constantly developing it. So that was a problem we had with other companies as they were like, yeah, we'll have it out next month on the next update. And it was like three years prior, they said that, and they just weren't updating it and it was a big hassle. So. All right. Perfect. Thank you. I think that's a very helpful area as well. And then just another thing that I just, I meant to ask here earlier too, when it came to the residential side is, have you guys used any of the things like, have you used Yelp and paid for their advertisement? Have you guys used anything like Bark, Home Advisor, Thumbtack? Yeah. Just trying to get an idea if you guys found that to be helpful when starting stuff. You got to just really work it, man. So like, if you're going to use those, you got to realize it's kind of a hard game because you're competing with a bunch of other people that get the same leads. So you're not in control of the leads necessarily. But if you are really on top of it, if you've got someone like watching the leads coming in, like on Thumbtack was a really good one. Thumbtack in the beginning, Home Advisor was pretty good. But again, that's, you got to like answer those phone calls and those messages when those leads come in like in five minutes or otherwise you lose the lead. And it's just a hard. So when we were on top of it, I even had our VA or our assistant like, helping answer those messages like immediately. If you're really responsive, you'll get a lot of those jobs and it's a good way to go. However, you're still going to pay a little bit more than if you just take control of it and actually set up your own marketing ads, like your own Facebook ads, your own Google ads, your own next door stuff, stuff where you're owning the leads and the traffic as opposed to farming it out from a big farm that everyone else is farming from the same batch, basically, you know, like home advisor and thumbtack. Those they're good, but they're not the best. So that's what I would say. And then one other thing here, just is kind of as far as equipment, is there like do you guys just kind of use like the, the same vacuum cleaners throughout? Do you buy them from the same companies that where you're kind of utilizing the same equipment throughout all of your things, or how does that work for you guys? And like where do you guys usually go for that? So yeah, we do use the same vacuum cleaner across the board. We have two different types. There's a rolling brush one that we use for carpet, and then there's a handheld canister vacuum that they use on a shoulder strap. Uh, whatever vacuum you choose, like it doesn't really matter, but. I would suggest using the same across the board. And the reason is for that. We use Oryx. Those are the rotating brush ones or commercials. And we do that because the parts are super cheap. And we have a guy who comes in on Sundays and takes them all apart and cleans them out and fixes all the stuff. And so in the beginning, we obviously all did that ourselves. But, you know, you buy everything in bulk. You buy a bunch of vacuum belts, a bunch of rollers, a bunch of bits and parts and switches and whatever. And then you just eat through that. And so it's really easy to get into a maintenance routine. If you had like four different pieces of equipment, it'd be, I mean, it's not impossible. It'd just be more of a pain to design a system around maintaining those. So that's what I would suggest is stick with one. The Auric is a good one. People ask us like, you guys should be using Dyson's. Like, no, they're $500. They're really heavy. And the parts are hard to come by because they're like manufactured in Italy. So we just don't do that. And so we just keep it super cheap. They're all probably made in China. The vacuums are like a hundred bucks a piece. We replace all of them every year. We give them about a year and then they start to look pretty beat up and we swap them out. Stuff we use, we haven't put that out yet, but that'll either be a podcast or a part of a course or something else we put out soon that will actually have like detailed links of the products we use, those, the equipment that we use, all that good stuff. So there's a lot of details there. So, but hopefully that helps get you a little bit on the right track there. All right. Perfect. And then kind of finally, I just wanted to kind of get into some numbers in here and stuff like that. So 
I wanted to kind of get an idea, and I don't know if you guys want to share your exact numbers or anything like that, but I wanted to kind of get an idea of like what you were looking at as far as like your profit margins in your first year versus your second year, things like that. We're just trying to kind of get an idea of kind of from a successful business, kind of where you guys are kind of at, so, so we can kind of see if we're in the right direction. Yeah. So in the beginning, like the first couple of years, those were hard. Like we weren't paying ourselves like for the first probably like 10 months, I want to say, and then we paid ourselves very little. Like we were $12,000 a year territory. And we were definitely not profitable in the beginning because we were losing money on paying people for door hangers and stuff and instead of actually generating revenue. Right now, we've kind of topped out at like between 20 and 23%, depending on what's going on in the month. COVID kind of gave us a little bit of a hit because we're paying sick pay and things like that. But yeah, I think in general, you would shoot for the low to mid 20s as like the target when you've really got it super dialed in. It'll be a slow climb in the beginning to get there, but it will work, especially if you're expanding this quickly already. All right, guys. That's all the questions I have for right now. I'm sure I'll probably have some more that I can kind of follow up with you guys on, but I definitely, this has yeah. been very helpful here. We'll do this again. Like We'll do this every month, Sean. So if you want to hop on again, man, and we'll also like type in any of these questions too, like into the, the group on the track on Facebook and we'll We'll answer in there too if you want it faster. But yeah, and just to know where you're at. So hopefully you got some value today. Oh, absolutely here. Definitely going to take this back here to uh, my brothers here and kind of go over this with them here. But I definitely think this could be helpful for you. So definitely awesome. appreciate you guys' time. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks a lot, Sean. We'll catch you next month. Yeah, or on Facebook. All right. Have a good one, guys. Yeah, man. Have a good one, Sean. Thank you so much, man. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us today. To get more info, including show notes, updates, trainings, and super cool free stuff, head over to ProfitCleaners.com. And remember, keep it clean.